It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I was right. Uh, no, I was right. I was right. Uh, we were right. We were right, weren't we? And you were right with us. And because you were right with us, we want to celebrate being right. We want to celebrate Philadelphia sports being good, but also we want to celebrate being right. In style at the Underground Arts Theater. Friday, December 22nd. There are a lot of guests already. You guys have Chris Ryan. Yes, of TheRinger.com. We're bringing on Larry Poff. He's of our baby. Right the Ricky Sanchez podcast, BG and Radio. We were right before Christmas live dual podcast show at the Underground Arts Theater. If you're not there, uh, you're square. You're a very, you're a fool. You're wrong. Actually, if it's you, cool to be square. If if you're okay, <laughs> Huey. If you're not there, let's put it this way: December twenty second, we were right before Christmas. If you're not there. You were wrong. That's right. Tickets on sale right now for $18, $20 day of. Don't wait for the day of. This will sell out. Undergroundarts.org. You're listening to BGN Radio. Wentz, more pressure. Here comes Matthews. There goes Wentz. Down field they go. Caught on the fly and with a good-looking run here. And in, Matt Collins gets the touchdown. A rookie from North Carolina. A catch and run of 38 yards. The slippery Wentz gets away and a 38-yard touchdown pass. Hello and welcome into the preview show, BGN Radio, episode number 287. I am Vince Quinn. I'm joined by Brandon Lee Galton. What's up, BLG? How's it going, Vince? Well, uh, not so great. Not so great. I gotta I gotta tell you, I, that Giants game, just the performance that the Eagles put in last week is was terrible. And uh for me, like my my vibes this week, they're not really good at all, BLG. I gotta be honest with you. Well, what's what's your concern? What could you possibly be concerned about after that game? Oh, I I think it begins with a D, and really that's all you could say. It's just the letter D. Yeah, defense. Uh, <laughs> like 
because here's the big thing. I want to hit the big narrative right off the bat. Uh, I've seen it in a number of places, the idea that this was just one game in particular. It's one bad game or even one bad half. And for me, I don't buy that. Like, I, I see the Seattle game, I see the Rams game, and I see this game, and I'm thinking this is three bad weeks from the defense. What about you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a legitimate concern. Like, it has to be at this point. It's not, I think, what level of concern it is. Now, that's kind of up for debate if you're, if you're suddenly thinking, like, the Eagles have the worst defense in the NFL. I think that's kind of a little too reactionary there. But I get that there are some concerns here. I mean, yes, Seattle game I thought was kind of fine overall. I mean, Russell Wilson's just so hard to defend. Like It wasn't like, to me, a situation where the Eagles just were playing him poorly and he just does some things that are really hard to stop, although he hasn't played as well recently, I guess. So that's something to think about. And then, you know, the Rams game, they just have a really good offense. So that's that's another thing there. Uh, but at the same time, in that Rams game, the biggest problem I had with the defense in that game was the freaking Cooper Cup reception that should have been like, I don't know, 15-yard gain. And then it turned into a 60-plus yard catch and run because the defense just couldn't tackle him. And we saw some of those tackling issues in the Giants game here. And Jim Schwartz had kind of talked about that on Tuesday, and he said that this team needs to play with more urgency, which I thought was kind of an interesting comment by him because – I mean, dude, like you're the one who is has some level of responsibility to get them to play with urgency. I don't know that he was necessarily blame shifting there, but I kind of felt like I got that vibe a little. Maybe I'm reading that wrong. I think this defense, you know, they've had some issues. I'm not as worried about them, I think, as everyone else because they have played well this year. So it's not like they're not capable of doing it. And they're going to be at home. from If they win against the Raiders or if the Vikings somehow lose to the Packers, they're going to be at home for every remaining game going up to the Super Bowl if they make it that far. And honestly, I think this defense plays better at home. Uh, so I'm not, like, panicked, you know, what are we going to do about the defense? But if you do think back to last week's show, Vince, I, I did say, like, what did I want to see most from this team? I wasn't worried about the offense as much. I, I wanted to see a good defensive performance, and the fact that they didn't have one against a really bad Giants team, I mean, that's not the most encouraging thing. Yeah, really bad Giants team. A Giants team that you've already played before, the, the film is out, there's no surprises with the Giants in any capacity, and yeah, they laid an egg for the most part. They, honestly, BLG, I think they should have lost that game. Like, I think the Giants lost that game more than the Eagles won, because you look at the special teams and, and the impact that that played in the game, and it's just like, it, it, it changed everything. So, I have a lot of concerns when it comes to the defense. I am a warrior. And it's interesting, like you mentioned, Schwartz says the idea of urgency with the defense, and I do wonder if, at this point, since it felt like you know, beating the Rams, you lock up that you're a playoff team, that you're getting a bye, and when they go and play the Giants, is it one of those things where they are comfortable now? And that team that we saw that was demolishing the Bears and the 49ers and the Broncos, if that team is, uh, yeah, they're fat and happy, and they just lost a little bit of that killer instinct. And I don't know if, if playing a crappy Oakland team or playing a Dallas team Week 17 in a game that might not matter... I don't know if that's going to get their urgency up in any kind of way. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if they're going to really get that juice back by the time the playoffs come around. I mean, the coaching staff continues to say that they needed this kind of game, 
which is kind of like, well, you had that get punched in the mouth, quote unquote, game against Seattle. So did you really need it again two weeks later? Uh, so that's kind of like something to think about there. I the way this team, the way that the effort has been on defense, just it hasn't been great. Like the whole the defensive issues go beyond one issue. I think like the effort hasn't been awesome, and I think that's where the urgency was getting drawn into question there by the coaching staff. Just again, I go back to those plays like the Sterling Shepard play where people said, you know, Malcolm Jenkins or whatever, or someone there got picked illegally. Well, like, all right, but that doesn't mean it should be a touchdown. I mean, Rodney McLeod has him right against the sideline. And even if you can't tackle him to the ground, like, how can you not at least push the dude out of bounds? Like, come on. And just things like that are, are ridiculous. Uh, the slant that Ronald Darby gave up for that went for a touchdown to Tavares King. I mean, it's not even like a great wide receiver we're talking about here. Tavares King has bounced on, off and on that roster. Uh, it's just there are some definitely frustrating lapses on this defense. And again, to me, if the urgency isn't there, I mean, that's somewhat on the players, but it has to go on the coaching staff too, and especially Schwartz. I mean, that's I guess that's the biggest thing for me coming out of that game too is kind of just not really being happy with Jim Schwartz and what he's doing there because, yeah, this defense has some injuries. I think Jordan Hicks, I think missing him is really showing up large right now, especially when you're seeing this quick passing game having success against the Eagles because guess what? If you have a great cover linebacker in there like Jordan Hicks, he's going to take away some of those throwing lanes over the middle of the field there. So you're seeing those injuries manifest, but at the same time, like, are we really thinking that Jim Schwartz is getting the most out of this defense, when, especially when he's going up against a Giants team that did the same thing to him in week three? It wasn't a surprise. And for whatever reason, they couldn't stop it. And it's almost like if you're another team, why aren't you just going to do the same thing? Like If you're any other playoff team or any team or the Raiders or the Cowboys trying to beat the Eagles, <laughs> why are you not going to run slants over and over? Yeah, it's a good point. I and I don't know what they really do to defend it at this stage because uh, the biggest thing here's well here's my biggest fear with all of this is that the defense really played above its head for the the entirety of the season for the most part. They peaked yeah. and now they're coming back down to earth and it's at the worst possible time. And so Jalen Mills, a guy who is a Pro Bowl reserve, uh, maybe he's not as good as we thought he was and. The slant thing is something that isn't going to get fixed. And Nigel Bradham playing above his head. Michael Kendricks playing above his head. Like, those guys are so important when it comes to slants. And even Evan Ingram just deep, straight down in the middle of the field. Like, they play a factor into those plays. And, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what the quality of this defense is really going to be going forward. And so... I'm I and maybe this is the the doubter in me. This is like the chicken little that I've got inside. But I I look at this thing and I think, oh man, I don't think they're ever going to get back to that level that they were, you know, three four weeks ago. That's just that's just kind of where I stand on the defense right now. I don't see. I don't know if I fully agree. And I well, I agree with what you were saying in terms of they played above their heads. They absolutely did, especially when you think about the secondary. But at the same time. You know, Ronald Darby can play better than he did against the Giants. I know he can. I saw it in training camp. We even saw it when he came back in the Cowboys game. He was great against Dez and everything that was going on through there. So I think this defense can play better. Again, I, I think I said that earlier. They have the potential to. We've seen it happen. 
And that doesn't mean it will because maybe they were playing above their heads and now they're falling back to earth. But the potential is there. And again, I think playing at home does make a difference for this team. I think back to last year when I don't think a lot of people really recognize this, but the Eagles played really good defense at home, especially last year. And that was a unit that didn't have as much talent overall. And that was a unit that uh, allowed the fewest touchdowns, actually, of any team in the NFL at home last season. So, you know, I think they play better at home. I think we saw how Eagles fans, even at the Meadowlands there, kind of gave the team an advantage late in the game when it mattered most. I mean, uh, you saw the Eagles crowd noise be responsible for causing a false start, and even Eli Manning pointed that out after the game, and that made it harder for the Giants to score there on that final play they had in the red zone. So I think that's going to be a factor when this team gets back to the link and there's crowd noise. I think that's going to hurt the other team, especially it's going to help this pass rush that kind of needs a boost at this point. So I, I think playing on the road is tough. I, I really do. It is in the NFL, and the Eagles had three straight road games. And Doug Peterson I, and I think Jim Schwartz had kind of even – both of them had kind of said that this week, that you play on the road so long, that's tough. I think some people see that as excuse-making. Maybe it is to some extent, but, I, I mean, historically, you look at teams that play that third game of a three-game road stretch, and they just don't win a lot. It's tough, man. They were out in the West Coast. They're coming back now. I'm – reasonably concerned i don't have zero concern but i'm not like totally panicked because let's see how they do at home and then i'm kind of gonna i'll I'll adjust my expectations from there well the raiders are a good team in this case because they're not an awful team but they are better you know so they're they're not great either they're they're better than the giants they're what six and eight right now so you've got them coming into town and that's a team that they should beat and uh, Vegas certainly feels that way. And so looking at this game, it's like if they play close to the way that they did the defense, if they play close to the way they did against the Giants, against Oakland, they will lose this game at home. And if that happens, that's, I mean, that, now we're talking big-time worries for me. I go from being like, okay, I don't feel great about this, but we'll see, to like, holy crap, everything is on fire and this is a massive problem. So uh, I'm pretty concerned with this Raiders game. As much as I want to believe that the Eagles just roll them, this isn't like five weeks ago, six weeks ago, where you're just like, oh, yeah, all these other teams suck, and the Eagles are great. Ha, 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 we're going to win this one. Like We've had so many fun, easy, light preview shows in a way, because it's just like, yeah, we're going to beat the crap out of San Fran. Who cares? Um, I, I just, yeah, looking at the defense and going into this game, I – I want to believe that's the case, but I just don't feel it yet against Oakland. Well, be another good test for this Eagles defense because, like the Giants, the Raiders get the ball out quick. Derek Carr has one of the, the quickest release times in the league, so they're kind of going to get another test to see what this Eagles defense can do against that quick passing game. Can they play better this week after just having faced it last week and knowing hopefully what they need to do and make adjustments and going through there like that? But... um yeah, it should be a good test. I mean, it's it's an interesting spot because Oakland probably won't have anything to play for. I think if uh, the 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 Chiefs beat the Dolphins, there's some other like the the Raiders basically can't make the playoffs at this point. They have like a less than one percent chance. They need a lot of things to go right in addition to them winning out 
And I think one game that is probably very unrealistic for them to go right this weekend is the Chiefs having to lose at home to the Dolphins. And the Chiefs can win the AFC West, I believe, or at least clinch a playoff spot with a win. So probably likely for them that the Raiders will be eliminated by Monday night. So maybe that's a factor in there. Maybe, you know, I don't expect them to just give up. But, you know, are they going to be as juiced if they have nothing to play for? especially playing out in the West Coast and it's Christmas and they just want to be home with their families. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's something to think about. Uh, at the same time, the Eagles do have motivation to play because you, the Vikings are probably going to beat the Packers. Now, especially that Aaron Rodgers won't be playing. And at that point, the Eagles will be playing for that number one overall seed on Monday. So they should definitely have more motivation in this game. But yeah, it should be a good challenge. I think uh, one thing that you definitely look at is this Raiders defense is even worse than the Giants, arguably. I mean, they rank 32nd in DVOA. They're not good. They just lost Donald Penn. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm thinking of the Raiders offense there. Uh, so um, I think this uh, – I got all mixed up right there. For some reason, I think Donald Penn was playing on defense. What am I doing? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think this Raiders defense is not very good, so I think the Eagles offense should have another week where they do well. But getting to that Donald Penn thing real quick too – that's something that hurts that quick passing offense is you lose you know, your left tackle who hasn't missed a game since his rookie year, like a 170-game streak or something. So this Raiders team comes to Philadelphia. They don't have the motivation. The defense is bad. They're losing one of their best players on the team in their left tackle. So I, I don't think it's like a, a great spot for them to be in. No, it's not. Oakland, yeah, they, they're probably completely deflated by the time they get here. And I, I do think there is something to be said for the fact that it's a Christmas Day game and they are going to be on the other side of the country. That that sucks, frankly. So um, I, I am curious about those factors. Losing the game against Kansas City just last week, which is the end-all, be-all game for them, those are big factors. Here's the thing that I wonder about. As much as Minnesota probably beats Green Bay, and that means that the Eagles need to beat Oakland to lock up that number one seed, I wonder still about the urgency. Is is this push to beat Oakland and get that number one seed, are they going to feel urgency? And, man, that might be the, the word of the week. It's just if they come out like – I got to see a good first half. You know what I mean? At the very least, I need to see this team, even if they struggle later in the game, I want to see that emotion early. You got to see, you know, guys trying to pump up the crowd and uh, maybe Schwartz being a little aggressive, sending some blitzes to get these guys feeling like they're in the game and hitting uh, Derek Carr a little bit. It's just like uh, the start for this one is it, it really sets the tone, but I think it tells you so much about the Eagles BLG because like the defense so far one of the best qualities of this team to me through the course of the season has been that you know they play complete games and for them to come out slow in this one after you're talking about urgency after you're talking about a bad game against the Giants and what's on the line here which is still that number one seed I I think that's a massive issue and that's probably the most important thing they got to show next week. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's the, the great point right there. I mean, if, if the coaches are going to call out urgency, I mean, then at that point, you know, it's on them to some extent to make sure the guys are ready to play and they, they start out strong in this game. 
against Oakland, especially with so much on the line. I mean, getting that one seed is imperative for this team. It's right there for them. You just have to beat Oakland in Week 16. It shouldn't have to come down to Week 17. You know, that's not that's not where the Eagles need to be. I mean, they need to get this locked up this week. Then you can potentially rest your starters or figure something out at least in Week 17, at least not having the pressure of having to win in that game against the Cowboys. And yeah, I, they need a strong start from this in this one, especially just not just to feel better. I mean, just to feel better about this team and where they are. I mean, Nick Foles comes in and he plays pretty well. I mean, he throws four touchdowns. And I think if we all thought, or we were, if if you know Carson Wentz gets hurt against the Rams, and at, at that immediate moment we're told, okay. Nick Foles is going to throw four touchdowns against the Giants. Like someone had a crystal ball and they looked into the future and they saw that. I mean, who isn't taking that? Everyone's like, oh, that's awesome. I mean, if he's going to throw four touchdowns, we're definitely winning that game. So for the defense, though, to to look how they did and kind of take away from that offensive performance, kind of take away from the fact that the Eagles still looked good without Carson Wentz offensively, I mean, it's a big concern. So... Uh, definitely needs to get fixed moving down the stretch here because, I mean, Doug Peterson even said it, and I really like that. I really like that he said it after the game and earlier this week that we can't beat teams like that playing like that. So the message has been that, you know, it's it's not a message of complacency. It's a message of we need to play better. And now, I mean, talk is, talk is good. It's good to say that, but talk is also cheap. So I want to see him go out and prove it on the field starting this week. Yeah, now... There's another interesting storyline going into this game, and it's not Nick Foles at quarterback. It's Nate Sudfeld at quarterback. And for me, like now that you've gone through the Giants game and they didn't sign anybody, didn't work anybody out, it's clear that they're sticking with this kid as their backup quarterback, which obviously raises a lot of questions. He's someone that hasn't played in an NFL game, he's a second-year player. He's in a new system. He came in week one. So you're looking at all of this stuff, and it's like, man, this is a big-time commitment for a team that is going to have a number one seed possibly, could have home field advantage in a bye. Like, to go and give the reins to Sudfeld possibly in a playoff situation uh, is massive. And so looking at this game, here's why it's so important for me that they win this one. It's you need to get Sudfeld as many reps as possible just in case and to keep Foles healthy. Like If they can't win this game, then you're going to expose Foles to another week of getting all these hits. And sure, reps are good for Foles too, but if you need to win that game week 17 and it's crunch time and Dallas is desperate and they're trying to get into the playoffs themselves, you can't afford to lose this game to Oakland and not get those opportunities for Sudfeld to be out there to rest foals against a motivated Dallas team and all that kind of stuff, BLG. It just can't happen. The Eagles seem to really love Nate Sudfeld. I mean, Frank, did you hear what Frank Reich was saying about him, Vince? <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. He's like, he's turning heads in practice. And he's saying this with a straight face. I mean, this isn't like, you know, he's not being sarcastic. This is no exaggeration from Frank Reich, which is just really, I always think that's so weird when people are like, oh, yeah, this guy just looks great in practice. It's like, yeah, it's practice. You should look. I mean, if you're looking bad in practice, I mean, geez, we have a real problem. 
because there's no pass rush and there's no <laughs> there's no real real defense. So uh, I mean, take that for what it's worth there. But the Eagles coaching staff, I mean, I've said it time and time again, they like Nate Sudfeld. Whether their appreciation of him or their evaluation of him is accurate remains to be seen. But there's no question about it. Like they like this guy a lot. They haven't even worked out quarterbacks the past two weeks. Like They're really confident in Nate Sudfeld backing up Nick Foles there. And I, I don't know if I have the same confidence. I don't think I've, you know, it's hard because I don't think I've seen enough to really say, like, we obviously haven't seen him play at all in Eagles uniform. So I, I haven't seen enough to say, like, oh, I definitely think he's terrible and he's not good at all. But uh, I do want to see him on the field. And Doug Peterson even said that in his press conference on Monday. He said he would ideally like to get Nate Studfeld some snaps in there. I mean, the reality is if the Eagles get down to their third-string quarterback, just like any team in the NFL for the most part, when I mean, your season's probably just over at that point, especially with the way the Eagles' defense you know, has some concerns with it. So it's not like you can totally bemoan the fact that the Eagles can't win with their third-string quarterback if it gets down to that. But, yeah, they, they really seem to like him. And it's not just him that I want to see in there, Vince when it comes to these final games. One also, one big thing that I don't think enough people are talking about is Big V. I mean, Big V has not, when you look at the numbers, they're not good, man. I, I was looking it up yesterday, and I wrote an article about this on bleedinggreennation.com. I included it in there that, according to Pro Football Focus, which I know is everyone's favorite site, but they have him down for something like, I think it's an NFL high, 26 pressures allowed in the last five in his last five starts so it's not good i mean at this point i'm thinking like i don't think will Beatty would probably give the eagles much if anything like i don't because he's been out of football and he's older so i don't even know i'm not i don't know if he would be better but with this week 17 game coming up like that's the time to test those things out that's the time to get sudfeld in there that's the time to get will Beatty some snaps and see what he can do uh, Doug Peterson had mentioned Ronald Darby is still kind of battling through that ankle injury that he obviously had, had a dislocated ankle injury in week one, and he's still kind of dealing with it. Like That's what week 17 should be for. If there's guys with those nagging injuries, you sit them. If there's guys that you kind of want to see what they can do on the field, like Sudfeld or Beatty or whoever else it is, or Sidney Jones, if they want to activate him by then, which would be awesome. I mean, that's the time to do it. You got to kind of got to experiment in that final game, which underscores, like you said, Vince, the importance of winning this one, having the luxury of having that kind of opportunity to experiment in week 17 and, and kind of get tuned up for the playoffs. Yeah. So for me, let's say they win this game. Then for week 17, the way I would handle it is I would have Foles play maybe three drives, like a quarter, somewhere in that ballpark, and then I shut him down, I would shut Lane Johnson down, and I'm trying to think of some, Brent Selleck, or not Brent Selleck, uh, Zach Ertz definitely gets shut down in that case, and from there, you just kind of ride the wave. Defense, I'm trying to think of who you would pull. Maybe I would pull Jenkins, Uh, he's older and he's been struggling a little bit recently, he could use some rest. I'd maybe pull Darby, and I don't know. That's about it on the defensive side of the ball. You can't pull everybody. You just don't have the luxury on defense. But there's a lot of guys that I would like to see sit early in that game. 
And, uh, yeah, let's get Beatty out there. And the other guy that you've been talking about on previous shows and I would love to see out there, Ellerby. I don't know yeah. what, what Ellerby's really bringing to the table, and I know he doesn't play, but to get him a couple of snaps in that middle linebacker spot to see what he could do just because otherwise you're dealing with Najee Good and Joe Walker, that that would be a really big benefit for this team going into the playoffs. Now, when it comes to... Let's well. Let's go to an alternate reality, shall we? Let's let's say that Minnesota yes. does lose, and for yeah. somehow Brent Hundley and the Green Bay Packers beat Minnesota. Now, how do you handle that game? Like, what's your ideal game plan for Week 16 if that's the case that Minnesota loses? Yeah, that's where it becomes interesting because really, at at that point, the Eagles would have the number one seed locked up, and really, if you wanted to. I don't think you it makes sense to rest them for both weeks. I think that's it's just too much layoff because you have the layoff in week 16 and then in week 17 and then the first round bye. That's almost like a month of of time passing between the Giants game this past weekend and the the first playoff game in the divisional round where they just players aren't playing. That's that, that just seems like way too long of a layoff for me. So you could make the case that the Eagles should rest their players on Christmas, which I mean, I that would <laughs> that'd be a great way to piss everyone off. I mean, people are already coming out on Christmas, and then you're you're resting some of the players uh, on a on a national game too on ESPN. That would be a lot of people would not be happy about that for for many reasons. But um, you, there's an argument they could rest the players there because that game doesn't really matter. And if you want to get your players rest, just do it now because then you could play some of your starters in Week 17 at that point against a team that, look, Dallas could be fighting for their playoff hopes at that point, and maybe you kind of want to win that game and kind of send a statement like, no, we're not going to allow you to get in with our backups. Like We're going to beat you, and we're going to knock you out ourselves, and in the process of that, uh, we're going to kind of keep our guys sharp. Like We're going to make sure they continue to have that edge, because, and it's okay to do that in this train of thought here, because they get that next week off. They get that first round by, so they'll still get the rest, um, I think that would kind of be an interesting scenario there where you rest the starters more so in week 16 and then play them in week 17 just so you space that rest out and it's not like a situation where, all right, rest them in 16 and then, or sorry, play them in week 16 if you don't need the game and then rest them for two weeks. That's an interesting idea. And, you know, one of the most important things thinking about how the rest of the season does play out and what it means and generating urgency and all that stuff. You want to see the Cowboys beat the Seattle Seahawks this week because if they do come into town and the Eagles do have to play some sort of – well, one, if they have to play some sort of significant game and they have a, an angry Dallas team, then you really need to see a sense of urgency from the Eagles. And uh, if they don't bring that fire, then, man, it's never showing up again. But the other thing is, in this kind of spot where – if you've got uh, a situation where, let's say, everything is locked up and you can put the backups in for Week 17, I do want Dallas still charged up because, yeah, for Sidney Jones and Beatty and Sudfeld and all these guys to get a team that is a little more of an edge as their 
training, really, their reacclimation into the NFL, that's probably the ideal scenario is that you don't have to play them or you don't play them week 16 because you need to win. And then week 17, uh, you'd go against an angry Dallas team and, and see how it plays out. But plus, plus how hilarious would it be if the Cowboys lost to Nate Sudfeld needing that win? Oh, my God. That would be the, that would be the like not it's not quite Joe Webb level. But it's pretty bad if they lost to Nate Sudfeld and they needed the game like all hell to get into the playoffs. That would be fantastic. So I I would love to see that, and maybe it happens. Um, Again, I feel good about this matchup with Oakland this week. And I guess we've been talking so much mainly about the defensive side of the ball and everything going on there, but on the offensive side of the ball, I do wonder, is this, because last week you see what Nick Foles did, and he looked good. I'm not, I'm not going to be here to bash Nick Foles, but... Yeah, that's my job. Well, I mean, I, I'm not the biggest fan of the guy, and I, I think he's, he's capable for what they've got going on. He's not going to lose them anything necessarily, but I do think his performance was masked a little bit by the fact that they were playing the Giants. I, I think there's something to be said for that. And for them being such a devoid team, Janoris Jenkins not on the field. B.J. Goodson ended up being injured and not playing. Uh, Landon Collins missed a large chunk of the game. So they don't really have anything on the defensive side of the ball. He made a couple of bad throws and these kinds of things. And I want to look at Oakland and say, well, Oakland's a better matchup defensively, and so we're going to see a little more from Nick Foles. But really that's not the case. And so... I'm kind of struggling with this BLG. I got to tell you, like I don't know what to really expect from Foles here, or like what's a good indicator of Foles at this point. It's just maybe he just repeats the Giants game. Like he just doesn't turn the ball over. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, in the sense of wanting to see what he can do against good defenses you would like to see him go up against them but I mean just the reality is the Eagles are playing some bad defenses here down the stretch and if he's going to play well against them or even just decent I mean that's all you can ask for I think at this point uh, realistically speaking you you ideally just need the defense to step up more down the stretch but yeah this this Oakland defense just isn't good in terms of the metrics I mean they they rank um, 26th here in opponent yards per play allowed they rank Again, 32nd overall in defensive DVOA by football outsiders. Just not a great defense. I mean, you could say it's the league's worst defense in that sense, or at least one of them. Now, they have some talent still. I mean, Khalil Mack is going to be an absolute... I mean, he's going to be a big concern, especially because if he's going up against Lane Johnson, I mean, you feel good because Lane's been been great, and he made the Pro Bowl, by the way, uh, along with five other Eagles players, which we probably mentioned. But... um. The they also move him around and he's going to get probably going to get matched up on Big V. I mean, I saw him get lined up against Byron Bell, especially when uh, Tyron Smith had to leave the game against Dallas. So that's a big concern still with this one. I agree with your point on Nick Foles. And now obviously everyone is not going to be surprised by that because I'm not the the biggest Nick Foles guy. But I was writing this, it down in the game log that I do after every game and there were some throws there that definitely weren't great. And now it's I know I maybe it's you're asking I'm asking too much to expect perfection from a backup, but still, I mean, you look at the numbers and I just I think there is a case that you know, they they the numbers 
a little better than the performance indicated. That's not to say Foles was bad, but I mean, four touchdowns, a couple of those came on because the Eagles blocked a punt and it was a short field. Same thing with the Ronald Darby interception return. And you look at it, and he only had he only averaged six point two uh, yards per attempt there. So it's not like he was just slinging it down the field all day. Um, so I don't really know if there's anything that we can kind of gather here from Nick Foles in a positive way. I mean, I think if he goes out there and executes the offense, you're feeling the fine. I think if he majorly struggles, I mean, that's I think that's the only thing we can take away at this point. Like if he just goes out there and he sucks against Oakland, I mean, that would be a huge concern. Now, here's the funny thing when it comes to Nick Foles and being in this game. It is the Oakland Raiders, <laughs> right? We're, we're looking oh, at man. the guy who threw seven touchdowns, BLG, against the Raiders. Nick I've never Foles. heard of that before. I know. The, the legendary conquering hero that is Nick Foles with his seven touchdowns. So we're going to get that story played over and over again all throughout the game, and if for some godforsaken reason he throws three picks in this game or two picks in this game and they're playing seven touchdowns, no interception footage, <laughs> my mind's going to melt, and I'm going to be so pissed off <laughs> to see all of the nonsense going on on the field. But, yeah, for Foles, it's, it's just that I don't even know if it's so much seeing things from Foles because I feel like he is a, a totally finished product as much as it is from Peterson and how much he – evolves the offense around Foles because that is his first week of being able to game plan with Nick and try to figure out what they're going to do to move the ball and so what are the new wrinkles that come along here and whether or not Minnesota wins is really a factor in this too because if you let's say Minnesota loses and the number one seed is locked up the weird thing about this game is if I'm Doug Peterson I don't really show anything on film either. Like, why in the world would you want to give people tips on what you're adding to the Nick Foles offense when you don't have to? Just keep it incredibly simple, get through the game, play him for a half maybe like you suggested, and get him out of there. You just don't want to give opponents, playoff opponents, any more footage than you need to when it comes to Nick Foles. Yeah, that's a good point when it comes to the film thing. At the same time, I think the counter to that is that you know you you want to see him get some of those reps and get in repetition because if I'm being fair here to Nick Foles, I think you could possibly attribute some of the missed throws or the interceptable passes against the Giants to the fact that it was his first start in a long time and you know he's had a long layoff and there might be some kind of rust there. So you, I, I do want to see, you know, Nick Foles, it would be ideal if he could get some more reps here going down the stretch. But, yeah, you don't want to show your full hand. I mean, that's the thing. If you get into these final games, I mean, they're basically preseason games at that point. I mean, you have to treat them in a certain way where, you know, you're, you're not showing everything and you're, you're hopefully resting and managing, or at least man, even if you're not fully resting some of these guys, at least kind of managing their snaps like, Malcolm Jenkins doesn't need to be playing 100% of the snaps, even if he is going to play. I mean, you can at least rotate Jalen Watkins in there or get some more Corey Graham in there. You know, there has to be some kind of managing with these snaps here going down into these final games, even if it doesn't come to resting the players. So it's kind of going to be uh, it's, it's a luxury to have. I mean, that's what it comes down to. The fact that we can talk about this. There's really no like terrible answer. You can debate rest versus rust, but it's a great spot to be in. I, I think personally that that you have this ability to 
be in such a special situation. I think that's something that we probably take for granted. I mean, I don't. The Eagles barely beat the Giants. Yes, the defense has struggles. Yes, I get it. That's concerning. And and Carson Wentz is hurt. I get it. But the Eagles are twelve and two. It just doesn't happen a lot. Like you have to take a moment and kind of appreciate that. And the fact that it could be Christmas Day and they could go out and clinch the number one seed. Like that's what better Christmas gift could you really even ask for? I mean, this has been a special season. And I think, you know, we kind of got to step back for a second and kind of appreciate it. Well, yeah, and that's why I also, outside of the great Nick Foles seven touchdown highlights that we're going to get, that's why I enjoy the Raiders coming into town because they're a good bit of perspective. You think of what the Raiders were last year, 12-4, and four, uh, the super hot young quarterback and Derek Carr getting all the attention of he's going to be the next big thing, and... This year, they just totally regress. And for them, it was the way they played was a little different. They were winning all of their close games. They were able to win despite a boatload of penalties. And so something just caught up with them. They really regressed to the mean, and if not even below the mean, and they're going to be under five hundred most likely for this season. And I look at the Eagles and what their outlook is here, and sure, we can talk about the Super Bowl run and, and whether or not they're a legitimate contender. But for me, the nice thing is I feel pretty confident that this is sustainable success, not 12-2 and two, uh, and whatever it might end up being as a final record, but to the effect of this team has enough good players, they have track records enough of these guys, other players are young players that are going to get better, the coaching looks good. And so with all of that together, when you're mixing that soup up – Tastes pretty good, BLG. Well, that's yeah, that's interesting because I keep hearing. I mean, I think John and, and James have kind of even said it. I think John says it a lot, where he's talking about like house money at this point. I mean, I, I don't fully agree with that because this is a special year and they don't happen every year, and you can't just bank on that happening again. You know, forget next season. I mean, just think about down the road. It's just it's not guaranteed. There's there's things that this season, you know, have broken the Eagles' way in some senses with the Ezekiel Elliott suspension and Aaron Rodgers getting hurt and different things going through there that you can't count on to happen every year. And now I think with Carson Wentz, this team absolutely has a window to contend for a long time. I think that's one of the takeaways from the season and why you do feel good. But just looking at some of the Eagles' free agency decisions, I think back to the Cowboys last year who won the the number 1 seed and you know they went 13 and 3 and everything was going great and everyone thought you know oh they're just going to be this dynasty because they have Zeke and they have Dak these two young players who are going to be around forever and you know this year we're seeing them take a step back and part of that is because they had a lot of turnover I think they had the most turnover uh in in this offseason in the NFL I mean they lost a lot of not necessarily they're key guys, but they lost a lot of depth players, and the Eagles could be in a similar spot this year, this offseason when you look at Trey Burton and Nigel Bradham is going to be a free agent, so we don't know for sure what's going to happen there, and then Bo Allen. And and individually, I mean, you lose Bo Allen, like that doesn't change the, that doesn't, you know, it doesn't move the needle, but you lose a couple of those guys, and suddenly your depth isn't as good, and that hurts. And then you might lose John Filippo. And Frank Reich, or, or and I don't think you're going to lose Jim Schwartz at this point, but you never know. So you lose some of these coaching assistants, that kind of affects things. So it's kind of a weird spot where 
You know, you you feel great about where the Eagles are right now, and that's part of why I don't like looking ahead of the season because I know things could change, and it's it's not you know progress isn't linear in the NFL. The, the Eagles go from seven and nine to potentially if they win out. 14 and two this year. I mean, that doesn't mean they're going to be even a 10 win team next year. I mean, you just, we're looking at the Raiders right now and how they took a step back. And I think, I don't think the Eagles have overachieved. I think they're a legitimate team this year, but you kind of said it earlier when we were just talking about the defense, how they kind of played over their heads at times. So there is some of that. And I think, you know, that's, it's kind of, it's a good thing now, but also concern looking into the future especially with Carson Wentz getting hurt late this year and the uncertainty of when he'll be ready to play in 2018 and how that could impact the season. Cause that's, that's again, that's another comparison to the Raiders right there with Carr getting hurt late last year and, and potentially still feeling those effects this season. Cause he's not having the greatest year after being much better last year. So there are some good parallels there and it's, it's again, to me, it's another reason why, you should appreciate this season for what it is right now because you don't know. You don't know. You just don't know if they're going to get back here. Hopefully they will. But right now, you got to appreciate it. Yeah, you got to enjoy the wave. And I'm one of those people that I, I'm with Barchard in being the house money guy, but I don't want to treat it as, or I don't want it, people to think that it's. I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this here, but I'm still rooting for the team to win. It's just the expectation is is very low for me, and in part because when you're looking at the defense and all the things that went right and all of those injuries, you mentioned how Aaron Rodgers goes down and you feel like, man, this is the Eagles' year. Well, in the same way that Rodgers went down and we all felt that way, when Wentz goes down, you got to be in New Orleans or... Or you have to be with the Rams in L.A. And you're thinking, man, well, look at all of their injuries. This is our year now. And so for me, I, I've i enjoyed the season for what it is. I just think that given the defense, I do think they peaked a little early. And so I am one of those low expectation guys. But this year has been so much fun. And the level that they've played to get to this point has been exceptional. And if they can get back to that level... Here against Oakland, if they if the defense shows up and they play a complete game and the offense looks good and they blow out the Raiders the way that they should, then there is a lot to feel good about going into the playoffs, but they really do have to get the job done. Uh, what's the final score going to be? Well, we'll get to that in a moment because we're on to the picks. Hit me! It's time to ring the bell. And play some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. And the picks are brought to you by the sports book at Delaware Park. It's where you can wager and watch all of the pro football games on Sunday. Go to DelawarePark.com for more details. Delaware Park is a lottery agent for the Delaware Lottery. Must be 21 to play. And so, BLG, we'll go to our first game, and it's the game that we've been talking about. has a lot of significance for the Eagles and what happens on Monday night. Minnesota is giving nine points to the Green Bay Packers, and they're traveling to Lambeau. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's no way that they make this easy for the Eagles, right? I mean, there's, there's just no way. I mean, the Vikings will win this game. 
They've been playing really good football. I think this is a game where the Packers kind of come out maybe at the beginning and it looks like it's going to be close and then it just it turns out not to be. I mean, I'm just not a big believer in Brett Hundley and I just think the Packers have kind of folded. You know, they've closed up shop. They're officially eliminated from the playoffs. Rodgers is done. I think the Vikings are... The Vikings have every reason to, to try to keep winning and hoping somehow the Eagles slip up and... You know they can potentially steal that number one seed, or, or just to make sure that no one steals the number two seed from them. So, I think the Vikings win, and I think they win, you know, pretty decisively. Yeah, I I think of the Packers as you imagine the pistol, just the pistols in your face, and you're like, oh my god, and then the flag comes out and it says bang, like that's what the Packers have become. Now that Rodgers shows up, it doesn't work. They fizzle out and lose that game. Minnesota's going to take this one. It's probably an ugly game. And so, yeah, the Eagles are going to have to bring the heat when it comes to Oakland. So with that, let's look at another interesting playoff-involved matchup here. We have the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to New Orleans to play the Saints, and the Saints are giving five and a half to Atlanta. What do you think? Oh, man. Um, I think the Falcons aren't that great i think they're they're good but and i know they beat the saints on thursday night football but i think that that with the the saints being home in this one uh, i think that changes things and and having lost that game especially where um falcons running back why can't i think of his name uh freeman Freeman. yeah uh he he kind of like called them he what did he say he called them like the ain'ts after the game on twitter and he deleted his tweet so i think the saints are going to be really motivated to win this one and lock up that nfc south title i don't know if they can do it this weekend but i know that you know the panthers are are right behind them so they really need this one and i think they win at home yeah i think the saints win that one too it's it's a game to keep an eye on because it is such a playoff caliber game and it is a division game and if the saints come out and just roll the falcons then we're going to be talking about in the fourth quarter, by the way. We're going to talk about playoff teams that we don't want the Eagles to face or do want them to face. And how the Saints play in that game is uh, something I'm keeping an eye on just for that purpose. So I think New Orleans wins it. And how much so is is with the points. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take them with the points, actually. So let's go to Seattle and Dallas. So the Seahawks going into Dallas. Dallas obviously needs this game. Seattle needs this game. Dallas is giving five points to Seattle, and they're at home. What do you think there? Um, sticking with the home team, I'm taking the Cowboys. I mean, at this point, I'm convinced. You can, I mean, you can call me a conspiracy theorist, but I am convinced the NFL doesn't want the Cowboys dead yet. I mean, they're freaking bringing out index cards to give the Cowboys a first down. That was the most ridiculous thing I have seen. There was, it just wasn't a first down. That ball was short of the meter. Somehow, the ref takes a folded piece of paper, which made it seem like there wasn't space. But there was, clearly. It was not a first down. So, I mean, at this point, man, and the Seahawks, too, just getting killed the way they did. I mean, you can you can say that, oh, they'll be motivated this week. I mean, I don't think so. I think the Seahawks are kind of just, they're just not good at this point. They've lost a lot of people, and they're going to be playing on the road in Dallas. You know, they're going to be desperate for this win, trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. So I'll take the Cowboys here. I just I don't think the Seattle team has anything left at this point. 
Yeah, that's the only thing that does it for me. If not for all the injuries and Bobby Wagner is playing through some injuries and things, it's just I don't know what else they can do. And there's such a limited roster, and so I look at Dallas in that one. I think they win it. The energy for them being at home, having Zeke back, the FU factor that goes into that, they're going to be ready to play that one. I think they roll Seattle, and that could be a surprisingly ugly game. Now, we're going to the main course here. The Oakland Raiders, who got screwed by that index card, <laughs> and they're here in Philly. Eagles are minus nine BLGs. Is that enough? Yeah, that opened up at uh, seven and a half, too. So trending towards the Eagles there. A lot of people seemingly um, betting on the Eagles. And I would be one of them. I'm going to take uh, a clean sweep of all the home teams this week. I think the Eagles get back on track here at home. They, I think they just have so much more to play for, especially with you know being able to potentially lock up that first round bye, depending on what happens with the Minnesota game. I think the Eagles are going to be they're going to bounce back this week. The Raiders aren't going to have a ton to play for. I'm kind of getting an early vibe of Week 16 against the Bears in 2013 when the Eagles just totally steamrolled that Chicago team. And I don't know if it'll be quite that, but I do think the Eagles win this one comfortably because I think they're at home and I think they just have so much to play for. And it'll be a nice Christmas gift to all of the Eagles fans out there. I'm taking the Eagles to cover and win. It's weird. I'm taking the Eagles to cover and win, but in the most pessimistic way. I think <laughs> I don't think they play a great game. I don't expect seven touchdowns from Nikki six. Um, I Nikki see the, seven. Well, yeah, Nikki seven. So, I, I don't, I don't see that kind of situation going down. But what I think this game plays out to be is something a little bit ugly. I worry a little bit about the Eagles' run defense the past couple of weeks. Todd Gurley gashed them. Mike Davis gashed them. And you're looking at Wayne Gallman and Orleans Darkwa, who, if you look at the numbers, it wasn't great, but they had a couple of big plays here and there. And so, with Marshawn Lynch and their commitment to the running game, I do think that he's going to have a big impact in this one he still looks good and so I see this game being something like the Eagles get a score late in the game maybe a late field goal and this ends at 24-14 so not a blowout not something you feel great about but a solid enough win that you can walk home and say okay we got everything locked up and you know let's rest some people week uh, 17 and go to the playoffs so that's where I stand on that um, any final thoughts you want to get out before we wrap the show up here, BLG? We were right for Christmas. It's this week, Vince. It's it's yes. only two days away from when we are recording this on Wednesday, December 20th. So it's undergroundarts.org. Make sure you get your tickets. They are $18 from now until tomorrow because on the 22nd, they go up to $20. They're 18 right now. Get them now. Uh, the first... So many, I think it's the first 150 people in the door get an LL Pavorsky $100 gift card. The first 200 people get an Allen Iverson print from uh, our friends at the, the Word Art, the Philly Word Art. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. So there's there's stuff you can get. It's, it's going to be a really fun time. The Sixers have been losing lately. There's been some pessimism about the Eagles, but it's still going to be fun because you can come on out and hopefully we'll make you feel better about everything. Or at the very least, we'll all be there to commiserate together as opposed to being doing it alone, which is just way more depressing. So come on out. Get your tickets for that. It should be a lot of fun. Again, that's 
undergroundarts.org where you can find that information. So be there because we'd like to see you there. It would make our holiday special. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really geeked out for the event, and we do hope to see you there. And so if you're coming, tweet at us. I'm at It's Vince Quinn. BLG is at Brandon Galton. We would love to hear from you. And also, outside of We Were Right Before Christmas, we got the fourth quarter. That's going to be coming up on Patreon.com if you're not a member on Patreon. What are you doing? We got BGNFL, which is a weekly NFL show, The Beast, and NFCE show. And uh, some extra news and notes and things in, in shows like the fourth quarter. So we're going to talk about the playoff matchups for the Eagles and who we want to see and who we don't want to see. Again, that's on Patreon. So for Brandon Lee Gowden, I am Vince Quinn. Thank you for being a part of BGN Radio, episode number 287. Eagles going to win this one. Soar into week 17. And we'll talk to you on that preview show next week. Stretch your hand and I'm going to chop it off. I dare you ask for a favor from your boss's boss. Shrimp scampi, angel head noodles, white wine sauce. Rwanda and Ross, reload the Nina Ross. Settle metal when I'm focused on the green Dinero. Hocus pocus, Gucci locus, cake with bacon soda. Cake for soldiers moving weight from Maine to Nova Scotia. Bang revolvers, problem solvers, that and pain the mothers. Lost a child, put some play when they hear the loud. Nightmares, walking dead cause they sleep in You either sheep or shit, be scared and cut the Custom coops with the honey mustard features. Butterfly doors, a whore that makes wine or sober. Her beauty stunning, plus she funny, that's the proper order.